This is the Digital Agency Insiders Podcast. Inside, you'll learn how to build, grow, and scale your digital marketing agency all from the comfort of your favorite coffee shop. Let's get started with the show. and welcome to the Digital Agency Insiders Podcast. My name is Tabitha Thomas, and if this is your first time listening to the podcast, I want to encourage you to go and hit that subscribe button. No matter where you're listening, if it's Spotify or iTunes or wherever, go hit that subscribe button so you can get all of the latest interviews we have with top agency owners from around the globe. Also, while you're there, drop us a review because I would love to hear what you think about the podcast. So let's must on into today. And I have with me Jason Berkowitz. And Jason, since 2010, has been an active leader in the New York City digital marketing community. Jason started as a search engine optimization freelancer. And he successfully ranked his first firm, which is SEO services, newyork.org at the top of Google search results. With that success, he expanded his SEO company into the hybrid inbound marketing agency, Break the Web Digital Marketing. Since then, he has spoken at various marketing and business events, been on multiple, multiple, multiple podcast. I can't talk today, guys. And has consulted with some of the most significant brands in the world. And in his spare time, Jason can be found falling from the sky as an amateur skydiver. Jason, thank you so, so much for being on the podcast. Thank you, Tabitha. Thank you so much. That was a great intro. I love it. (laughs) Even with the tongue tie, right? I I I especially love the skydiving part. I love the fact that you're a skydiver and I can't wait to ask about that because it is on my list of things that I want to do. I'm turning 40. Can't believe I just said that in a couple of years next summer. And it's like on my list of things that I want to do when I turn 40. So, but we'll get to that at the end. So uh, with podcasting, my absolute favorite thing about podcasting is that I get to tell the stories of entrepreneurs and every entrepreneur that I've ever talked to, their stories are drastically different. Not everyone sounds the same. Some of them come from an entrepreneur family. Some of them come from absolutely nothing and built themselves up. Um, so I love that about podcasting, being able to tell those stories because a lot of people have this idea in their head that you have to be born an entrepreneur. Like there's some kind of gene within your body that makes you an entrepreneur and that that couldn't be further from the truth. So I love hearing everyone's story. So what got you to your first SEO agency? Like what, what got you to that point? Yeah, I think as you just mentioned that people sometimes are born with that drive to kind of hustle, which as they get older leads to entrepreneurship. Uh, mine was stubbornness, probably. Uh, I didn't like working for other people. That, that, um, and I knew if I wanted to create something for myself where I can be my own boss and if I fail or suck as a boss, it's on me, you know, that type of thing. So that was my drive uh, for it. Primarily, uh, the long story short version, I was in college for physical therapy, had my realization moment that probably wasn't for me. So on the way, I dropped out until I was able to find the next best thing, uh, built up a personal training company because I was very active in fitness and I knew a lot. And it was kind of the, the middle ground until I figured out what I would do next. And then I wanted to learn how to market that personal training business in New York City started Googling away, came across the acronym SEO. And one thing led to another, I'm like, screw personal training. This is, the, this is an awesome puzzle and this is an awesome challenge. So it kind of just started from there and grew. 
I love it. I love that. So and there's a lot of stories that end up that way. It's like, I've already got a business going and now I'm going to try to figure out how to market that. And somehow they fall in love with that process. So I love that yours is that story. So tell us a little bit about your agency. I know it's SEO, but what exactly do you guys do in your agency? We primarily focus on inbound marketing. So qualified traffic generation. SEO is my super biased personal expertise but we also offer paid advertising, content marketing, and are in the midst of officially launching PR services as well. Nice, nice. So a lot of our viewers, they're just starting their own agency and they're looking to land their very first client. So what did it look like when you first started your SEO agency? How did you go out there and find people um, to be your client the very first time? Yeah, uh, for the first few, I have my first clients, but then I also have my first paying clients. Yeah, there is because, a difference. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to have something to show. And if I wanted a real good client that will pay me money, it's hard because you do need those case studies. You need those testimonials, you need that proof. And the, the question is, how do you get that if you can't land that first client? Mm -hmm. So I offered free and significantly discounted services early on. And I just sent out emails. Uh, I think the first, first testimonial client was through Elance, which is now Upwork. So uh -huh. Elance.com back in the day. And I just was straight up. I said, listen, I'm starting out. I'm confident in my skills. Uh, forget all the other people that are bidding on your project. Uh, give me three months. Let me prove myself. And all I ask in return is a kick-ass case study. That's really all I asked and it worked. And then I was able to use that information to get paying clients. That's great. Because a lot of the, because we, you know, we're in, um, I'm in the Bible belt of the USA and everybody around our area is like, just go talk to your friends that own businesses. Well, what do you do if you don't have friends that own businesses? <laughs> Doing Upwork is a great way to go about that. So how did it change from the point of you went to Upwork, you started getting a few people, you had testimonials. So once you had those, how did it uh, change after that? How'd you go from Upwork to your, your own agency and bidding things out for the agency? So at the same time that I was in Elance, I was actually building up our first agency site that I told you, which was SEO services, New York.org, which was not necessarily an agency site, but it kind of acted as a lead gen site. Okay. So we ranked that website for New York SEO related search queries. So that when somebody typed in New York SEO, we were uh, appearing and we're still there. We're still in like number two or number three spot with minimal to no work. But that became also a new lead driver. We had a website and the website at the time was very, very different. It was more focused on me as the freelancer specialist. Uh -huh. And we just focused on, I focused on improving the conversions from there. And as I started getting more leads, that's where things kind of grew. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you had a lot of people that were going to the website and then contacting you through there. So you didn't have to actually go out. And since you were ranking, you probably were getting a lot more people coming to you than you going out. Is that, is that harmless hearing that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to be frank, a lot of the leads probably weren't the best quality of leads, but as it was mimicking the practice, what you preach type philosophy of inbound marketing or SEO, where a lot of people come to us and say, Hey, you did it for your website in a super competitive industry like SEO. Uh, we would think you can do it for us too as well. Yeah, got it, got it. So 
and I'm sure that your pricing changed along the way, because you said in the beginning, it was just for testimonials. So as you grew the agency, how did your pricing packages change? And do you, do you do just like one type thing or is it a big package? We're going to do all of this and this is your set price. So we typically work on retainers and we propose uh, two to three different budgets based on what's realistic as well as their priorities. The shift in pricing, I think the biggest shift in pricing was when I learned business uh -huh. and margins and profits and all of that. Because that made me realize that I was severely underpricing because we were spending, it's not that we were spending money, but we're spending a lot of time, more yeah. time than we should have. And when you put a number or you create a blended hourly rate internally on what you would technically cost, yeah. you realize that, oh crap, we're, we're losing money, we're falling into scope creep. So that was one big shift. Uh, the earlier shift again was also as I started getting busier, I started valuing my own time uh -huh. and I realized, okay, uh, our services, we're getting case studies published. We can start increasing our prices and provide an increase of value as well. So we weren't just increasing prices just because we can charge more, but yeah. we we're also trying to deliver more value with that I as well. Like it. That is a question. And I'm glad you said that because that's a question in our group. We get asked I'm, weekly, daily, sometimes, how do they, how do people know what to charge for their services? Because, you know, in your industry, it's probably, you know, fairly said, but other things it may be different. So how did you know what to charge and how did you determine that you weren't charging enough? Like what were the things that fell into place where you're like, this is just not enough. Like what were the triggers for you? Early on, uh, I probably wasn't doing the best job of this, but I think I was taking my monthly expenses that would be allocated to that campaign uh -huh. and just doubling that. And that would be my, my quote. Gotcha. At the end of the day, it's not the most efficient way, but it's also not a bad way of doing things because you're locked in your set profit margins. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there's a lot more variables, especially as you start bringing in people like VAs mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. then you start bringing in employees. There's a whole other more aspects of it, like their hourly time and how mm -hmm. much do they get paid technically per hour, which fits into our blended hourly rate. So we use our blended hourly rate to understand our fixed costs the blended hourly rate might possibly include as uh, expenses that might mm -hmm. be associated, advertising tools, whatever it might be. And then we set up uh, a very specific markup based on that. I like it. I like it. That's good. Nobody really likes talking about that. So I wanted to, to if I could just jump on that for just a little yeah. bit. So, <laughs> Absolutely. so if, like I said, our audience is people that are just starting out their agency. So if this is somebody we're talking to, that's just starting their SEO agency, they know a little bit about SEO, but they're wanting to grow those skills and maybe throw those into an agency, throw those extra things into their agency. What would you say they needed to do first? if it's some service they're wanting to offer? Uh, practice, 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 and surround <laughs> yourself by the right people. Yeah. I think that is something that I only valued later on. Mm -hmm. My career was really trying to network and try to give an exchange of value. So for example, uh, years and years ago, uh, maybe two years into my career, I was okay at SEO, but I didn't want to just be okay. I wanted to be great. So I found the people who were great at SEO. Also at the same time, I realized I don't have money to pay them for coaching or for hourly time. What can I give them in an exchange of value? Well, I was a personal trainer. 
most people that are in the agency world just sit at a desk for 12 hours a day and don't move. (laughs) (laughs) How can I provide value? So it became, it came down to nutrition plans for them and their family, how to get up every hour and things to do just to be a little bit more active. So it was a nice value exchange by surrounding myself with the right people and learning and gaining those mentors very early on. That's good. So when you say practice, 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 did you practice yeah. on your own stuff? Um, or did you, is this also doing the Upwork thing? Yeah. So with me, it was my PT business back in the day in which mm-hmm. we successfully ranked that website for New uh-huh. York City personal training related queries. And I had that, oh crap, this actually works. You know, <laughs> you know I, I read some, some forums online and SEO was very, very different back in the day. Yeah where you can click a button and just build overnight hundreds of thousands of links and spam like crazy. It was a much different time in SEO, but I had that realization, oh crap, this actually worked. And I kept doing it again. Sometimes the websites didn't move as we wanted. I had a lot, a lot of test websites that I think back now and I'm like, it was a very weird project you were interested in back then, uh, just to keep honing the skills, just to keep doing it. Yes. Uh, and learning, you know, seeing good, different variables. Good point. Agencies, no matter what, I don't care what you're doing in life, it's never going to stay stagnant. Things are going to change. So grow and learn with the times. <laughs> that's with anything. That doesn't have to be agency. That's everything in life. You know, the older you get, things just keep changing on you. So yeah. we talked about some SEO things to start with. So what are some things that people need to absolutely steer clear of when it comes to SEO? Uh, in regards to the execution or on the agency side offering it as a service? Either one, either one. Let's do services. Okay. Uh, what they should steer clear of when offering the service or buying the service? Sorry. There's just so many different tangents that can go, that we can go on. Let's go down some of those tangents. So, uh, if they're offering the service, what's something they need to stick, stick clear of? I think clients that cannot get educated and that cannot get their expectations managed, which is our number one red flag. So how do you determine, how do you know when you're talking to somebody that they're just not gonna, gonna get it? So if, for example, this happens quite a lot where we'll have a lead come in, that's a local business. They want to increase their visibility within, within maybe the New York city area, but they read along the way that they need to do a lot of content marketing and they just need to keep pushing content and content. So one thing that we tend to notice is what's your end goal with SEO? They want more people in the door. They want more foot traffic, more revenue, of course. But if we're giving national traffic to your website through content marketing, because content marketing is going to be more focused on the broad area of things uh, and bring in that national traffic, how will that tie into the bottom end? So I think that's a pretty logical explanation for why content marketing is still very good for thought leadership, still very Mm -hmm. good for website relevancy, but tying directly into the end goal is typically not worth it. And if they tend to not understand that, or they tend to argue or say, I read this somewhere else, or I spoke to this one guy I met at a bar Tuesday, uh, whatever (laughs) it might be, then that's typically a red flag that we can't educate them to our style. Again, there's no right or wrongs as to SEO, but this is how we do things. And if we can't manage expectations about how we do things, that's a red flag. Gotcha. All right. So when it comes to actually providing the SEO services, what do they need to steer clear of in that, that realm? Uh, I think they should be aware of what's happening and why it's happening. A lot of SEO clients, and there's a few reasons why there's a lot of turnover 
with SEO agencies and their clients is because A, the agency probably sucks, is not adapting, is not evolving their execution processes. They're doing really old school things. Another reason might be that the client just um, is not seeing the results they want because of that. And maybe the client, again, is probably a red flag and the yeah. client is a micromanager or I think a lot of it comes down to the agency. If the agency is providing a good service, SEO agencies do have a tendency to suck at communication and mm. accessibility. So that can be a reason. Gotcha. So this brings up another question that I love asking. So if you've got a client and they somehow snuck past all your red flags and you've got them on board and you're like, this person is just not getting it. They're not the client for our agency. Do you ever fire clients? And if you do, how do you go up? I'll go about that fire is the internal word but mutually parting ways is the <laughs> i always say the best <laughs> the way to go about it correct way yes <laughs> i think we'd rather leave on good terms with somebody than bad terms so if we sense that something's going in a bad direction we'll try to get ahead of it and be like i think there's a lack of clarity all around i think mm -hmm. our goals from an seo standpoint might not be aligned with how you see the end goal of seo being and it might be best to mutually part ways uh, in a nice way. We'll give final deliveries of whatever's pending. We will give analytics access, anything that we might have control over, we'll hand it that way because you never know who might be a referral partner. That's very true. So do you ever give them suggestions on other agencies they could possibly use? Because that was always my thing. Anytime I had to shut down something, I'd be like, okay, we're not going to be able to do this going forward, but let me give you other options of things that I know of and trust. Yeah, absolutely. We have agency partners ourselves. Uh, and if we feel they might not be the right fit for us, we might send an intro to someone else. And if they're the right fit for them, um, that's on them. Yeah. <laughs> you take it and run. Gotcha. They need to so, do their due diligence. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So what would you say is a must have for any SEO marketing agency? SOPs and frameworks, standard operating procedures, processes, framework, uh, yeah, frameworks and just build out models for everything yeah. you do, document everything, because when it does become time to delegate, and get some of your sanity back, you will have a lot of sanity knowing that, hey, here's the instructions on how to do it, go through it, try it out, and then come back to me with your questions. Oh, As I opposed to having to spend a lot of time teaching and training and onboarding a new team member, employee, VA, whoever it might be. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming that you had to go through all that process when you were growing the agency. Was it hard for you to sit down and, and write out what it is that you do? Because I know a lot of times I'm like, I just do it. I don't know why I do it or how I do it. I just do it. So was that process yeah. difficult for you? Because I'm actually right before this podcast, that's exactly what I was doing was typing out and screenshotting everything that I'm doing because I'm taking some vacation days next week. Yeah, uh, we actually do it every year. Every yeah. year we might revamp completely. So one of the things we added, uh, we used Notion to okay. organize our SOPs and kind of our internal wiki. And we added a new table for feature requests where they can, anybody on our team can go ahead and update, re request an update, an SOP, add a new one, something cool, a feature request, whatever it might be. And one of the big ones is that things probably don't get updated as much as they should. So we end quarter four with a launch of a brand new SOP. And that's what I 
did again in 2019, finishing off 2019. It was a lot of work. It wasn't easy. Recorded a lot of new videos, uh, typed down a lot, new training. And yeah, it's, it's a never ending process too. So while we like to say, hey, here's everything you need, things do change. SEO changes. You figure out ways to automate some aspects that might make life just a little bit easier. But how do you use those automation tools? You yeah. need SOPs for that. I love it. I love it. So I'm going to ask, how big is your team now? And I'm assuming that you guys work somewhat remotely because I know we were talking where you're at and traveling and all that stuff. Um, so what does that look, what yeah. does the team look like nowadays? We are 100% remote. We are a remote or virtual agency, so to speak. Technology just makes it very efficient. Yeah. Uh, regarding overhead costs, we're not paying an enormous price, which could be anywhere from twenty dollars to $30,000 a month in office space rent in New York City. And a lot of the times an office becomes good for culture, which is it's something you can't, it's really hard to do from a remote agency, build up on that culture. But uh, how many clients technically need to come to an office? We have most of our client meetings through our video conferencing platform. We use BlueJeans and clients like it because they get to be in their comfort zone. We get to be in our yeah. comfort zone. It's nice. We have just shy of 15 people at the moment that nice. are helping with the day-to-day -day tasks, making sure everything's efficient and running smoothly. I love it. We're actually an all remote team too. So I love the fact that you guys are all remote and I'm assuming you're all across the United States. Yeah. That's awesome. Absolutely. Do you guys ever come together like once a year actually to be in each other's presence? We haven't yet, but it's actually on my to-do list for 2020 is to get nice. something and a way to make that work sorted out. Cause we do also have some team members overseas wow. and we'd love to bring them in, but yep to bring them in just for uh, a quick weekend retreat <laughs> money too. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but we, I want to make sure that it's worth their time to travel for a quick weekend across yeah. the country and spending just as much time flying. So across yeah. the world, um, just yeah. as much time flying, but we definitely want to get that for team building, build up yeah. that culture. And of course we've been looking at each other on computer screens for all these years, kind of, uh, like a actual physical high five, you know? Yes. Yes. We, uh, we actually had one back in November. We all met in Nashville and had just a team meeting. We had an event that we were putting on, but we all met beforehand. So that was like, Oh, we get to, hi, I'm meeting to see you for the first time. You're much taller than I thought. <laughs> That's awesome. It's always the way it is. So, um, two more questions for you. What are you currently reading right now? Never lose a customer again by Joey Coleman. I like it. I like Finishing it. Finishing that up. It's been really good teaching the different stages of a consumer experience uh -huh. and how you can build upon that and make sure that at each stage of that experience level, there's no buyer's remorse. Uh, the client is, or the customer, because it can be applicable to really anything, any business yeah. transaction, they're always happy. And it's unlocked a lot of good ideas because we have we're all reading it as a team too yeah so we've already implemented a lot of good things that came from it and it's pretty cool it's pretty good awesome. book. i'm glad you guys said that because we do that too we do a book club where we all every month read a different book and i'm way behind on mine but i always like hearing what other people are reading because we are always looking for suggestions as a team on things to read so I'm a, i wrote that down so for later on so my last question awesome. of course is the one that i wanted to ask in the beginning so if i'm wanting to skydive for the very first time <laughs> for my birthday what do you suggest i mean i obviously i need to do a tandem type thing but and it scares scares the living daylights out of me to jump out of a plane <laughs> a perfectly good airplane but do you highly suggest it 
Yeah, uh, my logic is weird, but it's also not too far off from the other people in the skydiving community. Uh-huh. Is that as we get older, we get more fearful of things. So remember how you were a child, you would jump off a tree and land in your feet and you, sometimes you'd be fine, sometimes you wouldn't, but yeah. you didn't you think twice fearful. about it. <laughs> as we get older, we become more fearful of things. So that helps me feel young in a way by every single time we're going up in the plane, you avoid that fear aspect or your body's telling you what's wrong with you why are you doing this just it's easy to just be on the ground you know yes. it's normal it's safe but, <laughs> but again it's another sense of accomplishment when you land you're a great experience you have a great time uh didn't take eat up that much of your day even just one little jump mm-hmm. uh, it's worth it 100 yeah. to get out of that comfort zone and fight that fear that we tend yeah. to get as we get older plus uh, on my side from the license side uh, it's like a mini vacation. No matter what you're dealing with, uh-huh. uh, business, personal, you're forced to be in the moment. So yeah. you need true. to be in the moment. <laughs> uh, you need to be aware of your surroundings, aware yeah. of your procedures, just in case anything might happen because there's always these weird scenarios. And skydiving is actually really safe. It's yeah. extremely safe. 2018, they haven't reported the 2019 statistics yet, but 2018 was the safest year ever in skydiving out of the millions of skydives that took place. So does that mean you've not had any incidents that have scared the living daylights out of you while you were in the middle of it? <laughs> um, earlier on when I was learning, you know, and then you, you do it once you get, for example, I had a twist in my lines from my canopy down to my harness uh-huh. and you're like, Oh crap, I learned about this. Here's what it looks like. I'm dealing with it. And then you get out of it. You're like, wasn't that bad. And if it happens it. again, gotcha. it's again, no big deal. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm an avid, well, not avid. I used to be an avid scuba diver. So that's always been like okay. my, yeah, yeah. my journaling thing. I like, absolutely love it. So my next one's going to be skydiving. It is, it's on my, my 40th birthday list. So be sure to email me a picture of your tandem. I will. I will. I'm just, I gotta, gotta get myself geared. When you have kids, it changes things. And I've got three little ones that depend on me. And I'm like, is this really the smartest thing to do? <laughs> But you keep saying, everybody keeps saying it's safe, it's safe, it's safe. So, yeah, it's a huge industry and they have a lot of procedures. They also have to go through a lot of FAA regulations. So, Uh well, and then my dad's a pilot. So he's like, why would you want to jump out of a perfectly good plane? (laughs) Yeah. Well, Jason, it has been so much fun uh, talking with you, learning about your agency and teaching our people about running an SEO agency. So I appreciate you being on. Thank you so much, Tabitha. That was great. We'll see you guys next time. You've been listening to the Digital Agency Insiders Podcast. For more tutorials on growing your digital marketing agency, make sure to visit digitalagencyinsiders.com.